Welcome to the BeastNet Podcast, proudly presented by the Beast Obstacle Course Racers and sponsored by GH Unders Performance Base Layers. Here we discuss all things athleticism to obstacle course racing, endurance to nutrition, our team, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hello, everyone. This is Mike here at BeastNet. I wanted to bring you this very special episode of me sitting down with Andrew Hooper, the original Beastmaster. We talk about the origins of the beast, where it came from, how this group started. We also talk about what he is doing now, where he's been, what's going on. It's kind of a long episode, so I'm not going to say too much more. I hope you guys enjoy listening to this as much as I did recording it. Thank you. But first, a word from our sponsor. Tarver Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com. For the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. Hello. Hey, so how do I sound? Sounds fine. Yeah, it's not too bad? Not too bad. Because I could always uh, take it off Bluetooth and just hold it against my head if that would be better. You probably shouldn't do that if you're driving. Well, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, it sounds fine. Okay, good deal. Cool. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. <laughs> well, this is kind of fun. How'd this come about? It's just something me and Adam had talked about for a while, and uh, we decided, you know, we kind of wanted to do it, but one of the things I told Adam is I didn't want to be the only one doing it. I think we needed, like, three or four people, so it kept it, you know, kind of fresh, I guess. So, there'll be a few of us doing, you know, different interviews and talking about different things and just trying to do a weekly podcast that is all about beasts, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I know that uh, the East Coast Spartans, they do that, too. Uh, I don't know if it's weekly or if it's monthly or what it is, but um, it seems like theirs has been pretty successful. Yeah, it was just kind of one of those things. I mean, I do podcasts personally for other stuff, so it was just something that, you know, I kind of knew a little bit about. So, you know, I figured it'd be a good thing to just kind of do and go with. So, yeah. Yeah, right on. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and I figured the, the very first real episode would probably be a good one to have a talk with the original Beastmaster. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. I love this stuff. Oh, yeah. So, uh, how you been doing? Good. We uh, just uh, recently kind of got back into the game, so... I saw that. Uh, it's been good, yeah. Yeah, it's been good to kind of get back in. Right on. So, just kind of, you know, for the podcast, you know, let everyone know, I mean, kind of what got you started. How did the... How did the whole, how, how did the Beastmaster come about? Yeah, so, so basically I had done, uh, this would have been maybe 2013 that I did my first obstacle course race. And so my, my wife and I um, got talked into the Survivor Mud Run up in Carnation yep. back in 2013 and had never done one before. And I, at the time, was you know, pushing around 270 pounds and was just not in good shape at all. You know, we'd had um, uh, two kids, and, and I think I packed on all the baby weight. I don't know about Danielle, but I definitely took on the baby weight, and I was in pretty rough shape. And so uh, the idea, though, sounded really fun. And so it got me 
couch and got me moving. And I remember the first time I really started to, to train for, for this thing, I couldn't even make a single lap around my high school track. Yeah. I mean, I was gassed, right? Totally gassed. And I was blown away at how bad a shape I was in. And so I, I worked myself to, up to the point where I was doing, you know, almost running a full 5K. We did the obstacle course race. And, I mean, the, that year the weather was just nasty. I mean, it was raining like crazy for the week before and leading into it. And so when you look at my finisher line picture, <laughs> I look like the swamp thing. I'm this big, massive dude with just mud everywhere. I didn't know what to wear, so I've got like a, like the swooshy pants, you know, like for training for basketball. Oh. <laughs> and they're packed solid with mud. I mean, like like they, they, they cinch around the ankle, and so they're just filled. I weighed probably 370 pounds by the time I got to the end of that race. But it was so much fun. I was so excited about it. And I couldn't wait to do the next one. And so from there we did uh, my wife and I and a buddy of ours, Jason, uh, we did a couple of dirty dashes. And then it just kind of dawned on me as I was at the, after one of the, I think it was after a warrior dash, I'm sitting there looking around at all the people that are there. I mean, and it's thousands of people coming in throughout the day. Yeah. Like, you know what? There's got to be, there's got to be a social group where we, where like I can connect with some of these people. They must be working out together. I mean, there must be something going on. And so I start looking on Facebook, and I really, I don't find a thing. Um, I go, and I thought, well, what's the next best option? So I thought, well, I've heard about meetup.com. And so I went to meetup, and I typed in, you know, obstacle course racing. I typed in Spartan, Tough Mudder, you name it. Typed it in, and nothing came up at all. And yeah. then in, in meetup, it says, would you like to start this group, and we will notify you when people have that interest and want to join your group. And so it wasn't very expensive to do, so I thought, well, sure, why not? I'll start a meetup group. Yeah, why not? And so I started, yeah, and so I started this meetup group out of Tacoma, because that's where I was working at the time. And next thing I know, in about a day, um, I got three people. And then within about a month, that group had built up to around 50 people. Wow. And we hadn't done a thing. Yeah, we hadn't done a thing. And so I was like, well, there's obviously a desire for this. And so we were kind of messaging back and forth and talking about what we wanted to do with this. We may have even done uh, like a, a quasi workout, you know, where a few people showed up. But, but ultimately we said, why don't we get together and figure out what we want to do with this group? And so I set up a meetup to go meet at the Swiss, which is a bar in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. And so we set, we set up this meeting in Tacoma. I got Grace Harbor Unders to come as uh, because I, I thought their products were great. And I thought it'd be neat to you know try to get a sponsor on board really early. Yeah. And so so we decided to meet up at um, at the Swift, and twelve of us showed up, and you know from there it just kind of blew up because my idea was to just have a localized crew that could work out together to keep each other accountable and motivated and then we had a couple of members who said well why leave it at that why not make it a regional thing why not include other states why not do this why not do that and they gave me uh some contacts with a few other people who had started some uh facebook oriented groups 
And yeah. but then I just couldn't find. They were too small, so they didn't get any. When you did a search, they never came up. So you had to, you know, someone had to tell you about them. And so once I found out about them, I connected with those groups. And basically, what I did is I asked the leaders of those, the admins of those groups. I said, "What are we doing competing with each other? Why don't we combine all of our resources together?" Because at that time, Beast was not Beast OCR yet. It was called Southbound obstacle course racers and then there was the pacific northwest spartans and then i forget the other one it was a similar name and and so out of that we decided to come together we brought everybody together under south sound obstacle course racers and then from there we did the you know uh, kind of a poll for a team name and the rest has gone from there wow see i i was that all that happened before i came into the group yeah. I wasn't part of the group until probably about a month before Montana 2015. Uh, a okay. friend of mine told me about it, and I joined the group because I was going to the Sp- Montana Spartan. And yeah. a friend told me, said, hey, join this group. I know there's a bunch of people from Tacoma going there. And I'm like, cool. And I joined it, saw some of the posts. I'm like, okay, yeah, this seems kind of neat. And then, you know, I went and did the Spartan, and I started on my, by myself. I started alone. Yeah. And about halfway through, I'm at that point in my mind where I'm like, yeah, this is it. I'm done. I ain't doing this. This is stupid. And that's about time I, I see a guy wearing a shirt that says Beast, it has Beast on it. And I'm like, hey, I think I'm part of that group. And that was you. You and you that and Jason. And yep, it, that was me and Jason. Yeah. And it, it was one of those things that I honestly think, even to this day, if I hadn't ran into you guys when I did on that mountain, I probably would have quit. Yeah. And probably never yeah, would have well, done another Spartan. Well, and here you are, right? And so this is the beauty of having a team. Yeah. Right? We keep each other accountable. We keep each other checked in. We support each other. And what's so cool is the fact that, you know, we didn't even know each other at that moment. Nope. And yet we kind of suffered through the whole damn thing as a, as a core group. And we finished that together. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what was amazing. And, I mean, that's one of the things I had that really... I mean, because I knew about the beast, like I said before, but I didn't wasn't a part of it till after that. And it was after that yeah. that I'm like, yeah, I, I I see the team. I understand why a team is amazing, and that's when I mean I was like, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all in. That's the best. So, that's awesome. Yeah, because honestly, like I said, if it wasn't for you and Jason, I don't think I would have finished that. I was done. <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, you were not the only one in that boat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was definitely in that in that capacity, too, because that was my first Spartan race. So so we formed the team, like, officially had that meeting of the, yeah. the initial 12 people. The, the, I think it was uh, December 9th, I want to say, December 9th of 14. And so this was all in preparation for that beat, right? Yep. And uh, so, so this was, that beast was, like, the first official team race and uh you know we had around 30 people there um with you know this that's probably the smallest team picture we've ever taken but it was one of the best team pictures we've yeah. ever taken you know, and uh and you know what was what was tough for me is i was all excited about it and and so it was on uh montana's on uh, the beast was on a saturday well the the week before that friday I was sicker than a dog. I mean, I was so bad, um, bad off. And so I finally, I go into urgent care and they go, uh, wow, so you've got the flu and like the real flu and you've got pneumonia. 
pneumonia. And this was a week before the race. And I remember saying, I remember saying to the doctor, I go, okay, so can I do my race on Saturday? And they go, well, like what kind of race is this? I go, I think it's going to be like 15 miles or something in the mountains of Montana. (laughs) And they go, uh, uh, well, you know, we really, we don't really recommend that. And I go, well, I got you, but is there any way? And they go, well, here, let's get you the antibiotics down. It's okay. Can I get, come back in on Monday for a chest x-ray to see where we're at? And they're like, well, normally we would wait till Wednesday. I'm like, yeah, I get that, but I really need to know where I stand on Monday. And <laughs> I didn't like, know if I'm okay, leaving from Montana right. or not. <laughs> yeah. And so, they, uh, so I go in for this chest x-ray, and they go, hey, well, congratulations. It's not so cloudy anymore. There's a little bit left, but, it, you know, it should be cleared up in a couple of days. And I go, great. So I, what I need to know is can I do this race in Montana? <laughs> and they're, they're like, well, tell me about it. So I tell them what it is. They're looking at me as I, as I tell them about it, right? Yep. The doctor's eyes are kind of getting a little bit scrunched up and his face is contorting and it kind of has this look like, what the hell are you talking about? You're going to, you want to go do this. And, and I say, so what's the deal? Can I do it? He goes, I wouldn't recommend that. And I go, okay, I get it. I know you wouldn't recommend it, but can I do it? And he goes, well, I really, you know, I, I just, I want to stress you. I wouldn't recommend it. And I go, no, I hear you. I totally get it. Can I do it? And he goes, uh, well, yes. I go, perfect. <laughs> and so we went off to Montana and, and I, uh, I had no idea how much pneumonia, like if, I know this is a podcast, but this is just a reality. It f***ed you up. Like yeah. my lungs were absolutely shot. They were freaking toast. And then you add in the altitude to it. And I mean, I was done. And so, if I, I mean, I remember at, at one point during that Montana race, dragging the cinder block around like probably a quarter mile of divots and all this stuff. And at the top of a mountain, and do we get to the end of that? And, and I don't remember if you were there with me or not at that moment, but Jason was. And I literally started to cry. And, and I remember he looks at me and goes, are you okay? And I'm like, I didn't say anything, and I'm just, you know, broken. And and he says, do we need to quit? Are you okay? Do I need to get the medic? Because you know, he knew I had the pneumonia, and, and yeah. I just started walking. I just started walking, and he goes, are you okay? And I just kept walking. I didn't answer. I just focused. I kept walking. And, I mean, the fact is that race got done. It took nine and a half hours, but it got done. Yeah, it did. <laughs> It was crazy, and I mean, I, that's one thing I, I've noticed. I, I think the beasts, we're, we're a different breed, because I remember having almost that exact same conversation with my doctor about uh, Hawaii last year when I broke my foot. I'm like, yeah. he's like, you, you know, I'm like, can I can I go do this race in Hawaii? He's like, your foot is broken. I'm like, <laughs> I get that, but you're going to put a boot on it. You said I could walk on this boot. Can I do the race? <laughs> and he finally looked at me and says, it sounds like you're going to do it anyway. Just don't land on that foot. <laughs> he's yeah. like you can walk on it the walking will actually be good just if you jump don't land on that foot I'm like cool I'm gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh, we are we are a different breed <laughs> yeah that's awesome 
Yeah, we are a different breed, but I mean, we, we do what we can and I mean, we have fun with it. And I mean, that's, what's great about the group. And what I really love about the, the group that has been built here is, you know, it's like Montana for me is like most of my crazy experiences have been Montana. I mean, there was 2015 was, you know, with you and Jason and then 2016, um, I was with two members that got hurt and we uh, kept going and 13 and a half hours that we were on that mountain and wow. we, were, we were the last racers the the sweeper caught up to us uh, Steve Hammond from uh, Spartan caught up to us and he's like um, yeah. he's like he caught up and we just looked at him and said uh, you can do what you want but you're not taking us off this mountain we're finishing the race and he's like good answer everyone behind you quit let's go Wow, and, that's awesome. And we ended up being the last ones, but, the, you know, every beast that showed up that weekend finished that race. And, I mean, that's just, I mean, kind of the whole team atmosphere that's been built here is amazing. Yeah, no, that's the, uh, if there's anything that, that when I, you know, when I kind of got this thing started and, and as we continue to grow it and develop it, the one thing that I, that was so important to me was that we maintain a culture that was, supportive of anyone and everyone and it didn't matter your fitness level it didn't matter your speed your strength the reality was that all of that stuff is ultimately shit that doesn't matter what yeah. matters is how well you integrate into the team and the culture that was the most important number one thing and you know and so to try to try to support that you know a lot of it was organic you know we had people in the team that just they, they wanted that themselves, and so they really fostered it. And, you know, we had people that, that like you're talking about, where there were some people that just flat out would not end the race. Even though yeah. they could, they would not move forward until the last person was moving, right? Yeah. So we that's when we came up with the, and, and, you know, it's not necessarily around the same concept and capacity, but, you know, for a while there we had what we called Team Turtle. And yep. it was, you know, ultimately it was the sweepers, right? The folks who would just make sure everybody finished. And yeah. whether it was carrying them, whether it was pushing them, you know, through an obstacle, whether it was carrying them through, you know, whatever it was, uh, the fact was that their job was to just make sure everybody finished. Yeah, and I mean, that's what's amazing about the group. Because, like, I, you know, when I talk about that 13 and a half hours, we had one team member that had you know, basically started with another group, but then it kind of passed back through like two or three different groups. And when we asked, yeah. you know, you know, why, why, why'd you leave her behind? And they all looked and said, we knew you were behind us. Yeah. You know, we knew you'd catch her and we did. And I mean, she was, she, it's the most mentally broke I've ever seen somebody on a mountain. I mean, she was done. Yeah. She, she giggled and shuffled her feet for like four miles and that was it. Didn't talk to any of us. And she was just yeah. done. But now all of a sudden, I think she's lost 70 pounds since that race. And That's it's just, amazing. It's amazing to see how the the group changes people. I mean, you know, I've I've had major injuries where I should have gained a lot more weight. I've gained weight, but not as much as I probably should have with the major injuries I've had over the last couple of years. But the Beast has helped me, the Beast group has helped me keep going and keep working at yep. it. Yep. So yeah, no, that's that's why I kind of so the last uh, last couple of years have been challenging for us with our you know a lot of focus on our business and whatnot, yep. and that's what motivated me to kind of say you know I'm not really fulfilling my my role anymore, and so and Adam was filling in all the gaps, and 
And so it was such a, an amazing, like a blessing to me to be able to pass off the leader, of the, the leadership of the team to Adam. I had to come in and focus on myself and my yeah. life for a while. But it's, uh, you know, but things are coming back together. And so it's nice to be able to hop back in to the group because there is a reality that, you know, I gained all the weight that I lost, I gained back. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of it is because I wasn't, you know, connected. You know, I, I, I stepped out completely. You know, I stepped completely out of the team. And I know that had I stayed checked in, like a lot of you guys do who get injuries and whatnot, I would be in a different position that I'm in now. But at the same time, one of the things that's so amazing, especially if anybody you know, who listens to this has lost weight before and then they gain it back, the one thing I can say is that once you train your body to go through that torture, you know, whether it's the Montana Beast or anything else, man, getting back to it, it's amazing. Like, so, like I said, when I first started off school course racing, I couldn't even do a quarter mile, right? Yeah. And, yeah, there's, there's like, this muscle memory or, you know, just you're mentally capable of, of, of embracing the, the pain and the suck of things a little better or something because I could, you know, even though I'm back up to the weight that I was, I'm able to still pull off, you know, one, two-mile run at, like, a, you know, 10- to 11-minute to clip. And I would have never, well, I could not do that a few years back. And so one of the things that's so incredible to me is as I look at my own little, you know, fitness journey is the fact that once you've done it, man, that second time is so much easier. It's yeah. still not easy, but I mean, it's, it's not nearly as painful as it was the first time. Yeah, and I, I've noticed that too. Because, um, I mean, that's one thing. I mean, when I did the, the Montana Beast, I was probably 270 because I had gained a lot of weight from injuries and stuff like that. And, you know, I had yeah. no idea what I'd, I'd signed up for. I mean, it was one of those things. I mean, especially the, the you know, a lot of people don't realize Montana's tough. It's a, it's a hard race. But 2015 yeah. was the hardest. I mean, I've done it, what, this year was my third year. So, yeah, 2015 was the founder's race, and it was over 17 miles. And it was yeah, probably it was the, brutal. It was brutal, and I've not done one that was that bad since. Um, yeah, no, my, my watch, you know, my, uh, my, uh, Garmin said that the total elevation gain with the, with all the ups and downs, ultimately we climbed like 6,000 feet. Yeah. It was brutal. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, that is crazy. You know, but so, and I, like you said, you, you know, you, you did mention that you've been getting back into it and I've been noticing your, your daily posts of, uh, you know, what is it? In, embrace the suck. Yeah, embrace the suck. That's my uh, that's that's my my mantra right now is embrace the suck and and uh, so yeah, I've got what I call what I'm calling um, my daily four that I do every day and, and not everybody sees all four of them, but I do a a text based post with a picture, so that's one and two. Mm -hmm. I do an audio clip that is uh, special for my nephew who. Um, is really important to me and doesn't live near me. And so I do a little audio clip every day for him. And then I've been doing uh, a live post, which most of the live posts I've been doing in the, in the team uh, group. Yeah. But yeah, it's all about em embracing the suck and kind of creating a level of accountability for myself and getting back into the, the game of fitness. Which is awesome. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. You know, um, it was a little awkward and uncomfortable to do at first, 
Um, you know, <laughs> to, because the, what I what I decided that I would do with embrace the suck is because ultimately it's very self serving. <laughs> yeah. As much as as uh, I wanted to encourage other people, and it's been great to see people say that. Oh my gosh, this has been you know so awesome. It's nice to hear what you have to say, and it's you know helped me uh, motivate me to go and do things. And and to be fair, that's super exciting to me. But it started as very much a selfish thing. Uh, with the idea that, you know, if, if I start something on a daily basis and I kind of tell people that I'm going to be doing this every day, uh, it creates a level of accountability that I wouldn't otherwise have. You know, this idea that I'm going to do this Embrace the Suck Challenge and then, you know, I get to day four and all of a sudden the videos stop. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not a uh, that's not not much of an embracing the suck, and so it, it creates this level of accountability where I'm like, man, you know, I said I was going to do this. I, I like I have to figure something out. Uh, I got to do this. I can't I can't fall back, and so. Uh, today will be day 14, and I'll be posting later today. Uh, today is uh, actually the worst day for me of, of the Embrace the Sucks. Every Friday is probably the suckiest day that I ever have because it's yoga day. Oh. And I hate yoga. So today is my, uh, it's definitely the worst. So I'm going to partner up probably with my wife on that one to help me get through it. <laughs> I hate yoga. Yeah, see, yoga, I actually enjoy, I always enjoyed yoga. <laughs> But I mean, I yeah. need to start doing more. I've, I mean, I don't know if you've seen posts that I've, where I've talked about, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm doing a full marathon in November because oh, I'm, awesome. because I'm insane. Cause I, well, I told myself I'd do one before my 40th birthday and my wife decided yeah. to remind him, but this was back when I was like under 200 pounds and running half marathons every other month and all that. And then I got, I blew out my knee and you know, everything went to hell, but so, and my wife decided to remind me this summer, she's like, you realize your 40th birthday is in December. So, um, if you're going to do that full marathon, you better, uh, get on it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. No, so, yeah, you know, uh, God, when was it? A few years back, I decided I wanted to do a marathon also. And so we're... <laughs> But see, this would have been like at the, really probably the peak of my training for obstacle course racing. Mm -hmm. And I was running, you know, I was getting ready for, I think I was getting ready for another beast or Tough Mudder or something. So I was running, you know, 14 miles in a day and really kind of moving a lot. Yeah. And I got this idea. So my birthday is in December. It's the day after Christmas, actually. Mm -hmm. Not exactly peak marathon season. And <laughs> it was pretty wet. And I got this idea of, for a birthday, it wouldn't be good enough to just do a normal marathon. I had to do a marathon pub crawl. Nice. So I enlist my wife. It was like, well, first I was going to do it by myself. And she goes, there is no way in hell you're going to run 26.2 by yourself. I'm like, well, you can just drive and like meet me at different checkpoints she's like no way <laughs> so <laughs> I set up this this map and and basically what I do and, and a lot of people probably aren't going to be familiar with the area but you can look it up on google maps but basically I start in Elma which is a small town off the coast start in Elma and we started at a bar called Shoe Jacks where I take down a I was thinking the, the cleanest drink that I could probably have 
uh, throughout this race is a cranberry vodka, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Something that's not going to make me sick uh, every time I stop to have one. And so I, sh- I take a cranberry vodka, we drink it down. It's about must have been around like 11 o'clock in the morning or something that we started this because we had to wait for a bar to open. You know, yeah. That's where you get drinks. And so we started this thing at like 11. And we run from Elma to Montesano where we stop at a bar called Charlie's and I have another cranberry vodka. <laughs> and then we run into, from, from there we run to Aberdeen, which was probably the worst stretch of the whole thing. That's where I hit my wall was in there and same thing with my wife she started to hit a wall in there too <laughs> and so we run to Aberdeen but the problem is I didn't realize that when I made my course map there was this one section where you have to run on the highway and I was like well it's only a half mile that's not a big deal yeah. and I was totally wrong it was like two miles I don't know how I screwed it up it was like <laughs> two miles and at one point I mean, we're going through this area and Danielle swears we're going to die and we're passing, like, crosses, right? Where <laughs> people oh. died on the side of the highway. And <laughs> she is pissed. She is so angry and upset at me. She's like, you are going to kill us. <laughs> what the hell did you You said this was a half mile. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, hey, nobody said you had to come, you know? <laughs> like, you put yourself into this. <laughs> You chose so to do mad. this. <laughs> she was so pissed off at me. Wow. So, and, it, and, and to be fair, it was scary because we were not moving quick on this thing. Yeah. She hadn't. She hadn't trained at all. I've been. I've been running a lot to prep for because I knew I wanted to do this, and she kind of hopped in last minute, saying, "You know, I don't feel comfortable with you doing this on your own." So she hadn't really been training, so there was um, a lot of time we had to walk. And so by the time we get to this point where there's that highway, I mean, it's dark out. Because, yeah. you know, it's the middle of December. It starts getting dark at, like, 4, right? And so, and so we must have started the thing at, like, 1 or 2. But either way, you know, it, it starts getting dark. And we've got, you know, flashing lights on us. And, you know, it's just headlights bearing down on us. Oh, and, I mean, it was, it, it was so scary. <laughs> like, like, I'm playing it off with my wife. Like, it's not a big deal. Let's go while it, well, to myself. I've got a little pee dribbling out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so we finally passed the last cross, you know, where she's like, you're so lucky we didn't die. And I go, uh, yeah, I suppose. And we kept going and we stopped at this. The next stop was Billy's, which is a bar and restaurant. Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. So we take down a, uh, uh, I take down another vodka cranberry, and that's where my parents meet us there. And they're like, "Are you sure you want to continue?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I've only got five miles left. It'd be the worst thing in the world to quit now." And Danielle says, "I'm done. <laughs> you're doing this. You're finishing it on your own." <laughs> And so she's like, I'm like, are you serious? There's only five miles left. How can you leave now? We're like almost done. And she's like, I'm done. So she, so she went with my folks and they went to Hoquiam where I finished the last five, you know, five miles or so on my own. And, uh, and, and, and then ended at this place called the 8th Street Ale House in Hoquiam. And, you know, there we had hamburgers and drink, and, I mean, it, it was it was super fun there. And, it, and what, the, what was so cool is along the way I was posting stuff on Facebook, like pictures of dead animals that we found <laughs> as we're yeah. running. <laughs> you know, 
sorts of stupid stuff. But they were posting these pictures and things as we're going through. And the coolest part was that when I showed up at that last location, like people had been, unbeknownst to me, people had been following our journey through Facebook. And oh, wow. so when we got to A3 Ale House, there were people there. And I didn't, you know, I didn't plan that. Danielle didn't plan that. And folks showed up, and they were taking pictures and clapping for me as I came around the corner. It was the coolest birthday ever. That's awesome. awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, so, so that was my uh, my marathon experience. Yeah, see, the one I'm doing in November, I'm doing the, the Seattle Marathon. It's actually, I think it's the weekend after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which is actually the weekend. Oh, perfect. So it's the weekend before my birthday. So, oh, because my birthday is December 2nd, so it's like the weekend before my birthday. So I pick the one that's like gives me the most time to train and it's been it's been yeah. tough trying to get ready for it. Um I mean, what a lot of people didn't know about me, I I've, I've smoked since I was 14 years old. And yeah. I quit smoking in July and Oh, wow. Yeah, since I quit smoking, I've actually gained 20 pounds. So <laughs> Congratulations on making a healthy decision. Yeah, no <laughs> so and, and I've gained 20 pounds but then part of the problem I had too is that the Seattle Beast I did something to my calf and I've been trying to like nurse that calf injury but also at the same time get ready for this half marathon and it's like a full marathon and it's like this is yeah. not going well so it's finally at a point now I can actually really start running again so I've got like good. six weeks now yeah. to completely get ready to do 26 miles and I know Emily Emily's going to kick my ass through the 26 miles to make sure I do it because Emily Ford has yeah. basically signed up just to make me do this to like make sure awesome. I live through it <laughs> yeah that's awesome you know one of the best pieces of advice that I got from this buddy of mine who's he's probably I think he's like 64 or something and he, he just recently stopped running marathons but he was running them for years and he said that one of the things that he's always done and he always comes in with a pretty decent time is he says that he walks the hills yeah so he because he's not trying to win you know he's, just, he's trying to finish kind of like obstacle course racing you know I yep. did it to finish and so uh, he would walk the hills and so by doing that he kept his pace pretty strong because he'd be doing the hills at about four miles an hour or so but then he wasn't gassed by the time he got to the top and so his pace was way better coming off the, the hills and so I thought that was kind of a good idea and that's, that's what we did um, for, for our marathon and I haven't done that for any of my longer paced races too yeah since then yeah no that's that's cool yeah it's gonna it's gonna be interesting so yeah now that now that you're embracing the suck and getting back into it are we gonna see you at some of the races yeah no so i've got my first obstacle course race of the season now bearing in mind this is october i've got my first obstacle course race of the season scheduled for november where i'll be doing the uh, winter pineapple classic 5k I, so. i've thought about doing that one a couple times but yeah i, I gotta pick i gotta pick one for november so I, I maybe i'll sign up and be out there with you yeah, so. you should. You should be fun. It'll be fun. So that's that's gonna be my uh, my my race to kind of get back into. That's what I'm training for right now. The uh, you know the biggest I think learning curve for me, and one of the things that's probably the biggest challenge in getting back into all of this stuff is um, a rugged maniac back. It must have been in 2015. I went, you know, at the end of the race, they had a warped wall. 
and I went to do that warped wall and almost made it to the top. Like my fingers caught the lip and then I started to slide. And the obstacle course racing shoes I had on were pretty good. I mean, they were, they were the, the first generation of the Reeboks. Yeah. But the, they were sticky, you know, and so the, the fact is my shoe didn't slide while the rest of me did. And it folded my big toe, um, you know, mm-hmm. backward yeah. uh, quite, a, quite a ways. And that, that was actually surprisingly, that was an incredible injury. It, it didn't hurt all that bad. I mean, it was painful, but it never got better. Like, yeah. it took forever. I think it took about 18 months before it got to the point where I could run without pain. You yeah. know? And it was incredible. Like, like that, that shocked me. And that, so that kind of started my downward spiral because I was like, I couldn't do all the stuff I was doing in the past, you know? And so my, you know, the doctor I was working with is like, okay, well just kind of take it easy, you know, get, get going. And so I'd been doing marathons and all this other stuff, all, all these obstacle course races. And so what they didn't realize is that, and something that, that and I want to bring this up for people who are listening who gets injured because like we talked about earlier, we're a different breed, yeah. right? These obstacle course races are a different breed of human being. And so when they said, hey, you know, Drew, take it easy. I decided I would help Adam with the first beast breaker, which it was like a 12 hour event. And I'm like, well, but I'm just helping. So I'm only going to be walking, you know, yeah. for 17 miles. And so I'm like, oh, that's not a big deal. That's taking it easy. And, uh, you know, compared to what I was doing before, that's nothing. Yeah. And now it had been 18 months of me doing nothing essentially. And so I just start walking and, and that, that was uh, very, very difficult for me. Uh, the people who were there would be able to uh, confirm the beast breaker broke me. I was broken by the end of that thing. And what happened is because my version of taking it easy was apparently not what most people think of as taking it easy, is I ended up with a calf injury where I tore my calf and injured my Achilles. Yeah. Nothing, but it was all from the strain of the beast breaker. I came off of that, and about three days later, I popped my calf. Um, and, man, so... After that, it kind of helped me to realize that, you know, when they say take it easy, they mean, like, walk. Yeah. <laughs> not run. Well, and that's... Crawl, not walk. Oh. See, I understand that because that's my, my wife's biggest worry. Amber always worries that I'm going to be one of those ones that I'm going to be out on the course, I'm going to have a serious injury, and I'm going to ignore it. Yeah. And keep moving. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know. I mean, you know, in 2009, I started... I was 270 pounds... I started running, I lost all of it down to like, I think it was down to my 195 yeah. and doing half marathons and all that stuff. And in the middle of a half marathon, I blew my knee out oh, and geez. because I'm retarded, <laughs> I kept going. I just told my per- partner that yeah. I was running with, I'm like, ah, oh, it hurts a little bit, but I'll be okay. And I kept going. Yeah. And I mean, pretty much the doctors were like, you know, if you would have stopped when it happened, you were probably looking at a month or two. But you did so much damage that you're out for a while. And, yeah. you know, it was almost a good year before I could run again. And by the time that yeah. came around, I was back up to 260. So it was like, yeah. you know, and that's where she worries is I'm going to hurt myself on one of these again. And I'm just going to keep moving. I mean, I hurt myself in yeah. Montana this year. I tore 
a muscle in my chest and in my bicep in the first mile on the first first wall and of course I kept going and was talking about doing the, the sprint the next morning. And I got up the next morning and my right boob was twice the size of my left. And I'm like, you know, maybe I should sit this one out. Maybe, maybe it's time that I actually was smart and didn't do a race when I'm hurt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's, I think if, if there's any advice that I have to give, you know, it's been now over two years since I've done an obstacle course race. And it's not for, you know, not having a desire to. It's from, you know, having injuries. And and so the, the Embrace the Suck Challenge for me that I kind of created for myself was this idea of, of really starting slow. And so, you know, I do, um, the, I love brute force um, sandbags. I love sandbag workouts. I don't know what it is about them, that, but I love it. I hate going to the gym, but I could do brute force stuff and sandbag workouts down there all day long. I love yeah. them. I love the bag. I love the, I don't know, the functional working out, I guess, in a way. I love that you can just throw it down where weights you have to gently set down. <laughs> yeah. I love that I can get angry at it and nobody cares. Um, and so I started the, the brute force stuff and then um, twice a week. So I do that twice a week and then I do twice a week, I do um, a ruck. And, you know, I throw 30 pounds in my go ruck backpack and, um, you know, just kind of hoof it and, and started kind of working some hills. And But I'm not doing any running. <laughs> not right now. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm doing my best to take it slow um, because I, I can tell you that it sucks to, you know, go this long without really, um, you know, where every time I would do something, I'd get hurt. Um, so I, I started with swimming, then kind of got away from that just because of some challenges that we had. And um, so now my kind of getting back into it is doing these brute force workouts and then my morning rucks where I'll ruck for like 40 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing a lot of people need to remember is, I mean, you got to take it, you got to listen to your body. And I mean... Yep. What a lot of people forget is one injury leads to another. It becomes a snowball effect, like you just said. You know, you had kind of one injury, yeah. and then you really didn't, you know, take care of it like you should, which led to another injury, and then another one. And I mean, that's kind of how you know where I think I've had issues is I, you know, once I shattered my foot, I didn't really take the time to let it heal. I was in too much of a hurry to get back to racing, you know? And I I think that's where I've had issues with my calves and my legs is because I'm trying to, I I almost had to learn a new way to run because when I, I mean, a lot of people don't realize I literally shattered my foot last year, you know, and it was a bad injury to come back from. And it's, that's the hard part. Once you have a major injury is coming back can be the hardest part. Um, and yeah. doing it correctly so that you don't injure yourself more and it doesn't become a snowball where, you know, you end up not being able to do this at all. Yeah, well, and that's, that's the thing is that, you know, because you kind of get back to where you're able to move fairly quickly, I mean, even even if it's a few months, the reality is that your muscles and your body are like, hey, we can do more. We can do more. This is You're not pushing me enough. You know what I mean? Like, your muscles are, they, they remember that, that running all the time. They yeah. remember the lifting and, and all that stuff. And and so, it's so easy to say, yeah, well, gosh, it's not that big a deal. You know, I used to do so much more than this before. I mean, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. I'll just add a little bit. I'll just add a little bit. And next thing you know, you know, you've totally screwed yourself over. And so, yeah, yeah that's it. From, from coming back from an injury and, and like you're saying, I mean, uh, uh, you know, it, I would never 
if I could go back and do it again, um, I would never put myself in position of getting injured um, the way that I did that kept me out for, you know, two years. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and it's not that I had to be out for two years, but what happens is, you know, uh, again, for those of you who haven't really had a significant injury of any type, I mean, you get depressed. You do. It's depressing. Like, like mentally, it shuts you down. Uh, even as little as having a torn calf or having a screwed up toe, it screws you up mentally where, you know, you get depressed because you're not able to go and do the things that you wanted to do. And so it just makes it that much harder to get back into it later. And then because you're mentally in such a bad place, it makes those stupid decisions easy to make, like the food yeah. decisions, yep. right? The health decisions. You start making dumb ass choices all because you're mentally just not there. You know, you're kind of checked out. You're pissed off. You're, you know, whatever you are. But ultimately, there's a bit of, like, depression that comes with it. And that's totally normal. But it'll help if you don't, you know, dig in too much. You just kind of slowly get back to it. Because, yeah. uh, you know, I've been doing Embrace. Today will be 14 days of Embrace the Suck. So two weeks. Mm -hmm. And... Mentally, I'm in a much better place than I was 15 days ago. And, and I wasn't like feeling depressed or stuff then. It's just that, you know, the, the fitness and exercise, that release of endorphins, it puts you in a, in a better place. But if I had gone full bore at it like I did before and started with running, you know, and running two miles or, or three miles, um, you know, I probably would hurt myself again. Yeah. Because my body's not ready for that right now. And even though it will do it, even though I can mentally make it do it, it's not ready. And I'll just get hurt. And then I'll just, you know, I'll just kind of hold everything back again and I'll be depressed more. And so you got to take time in getting, getting back to this stuff. And you do. And I mean, it's, it's true. It's like I said, it's a vicious cycle. I mean, you get hurt and then you push too hard and you hurt yourself even more and then you get more depressed. So you push harder and it's one of those things. I mean, you're taking it the right way. You're doing it at a slow pace to make sure that you're, you're doing it correctly, that you're going to continue to do it. Um, a lot of times people push too hard and it just becomes a quick fix for a couple of days, but then they hurt themselves and it makes it even worse. Um, it's yeah. all mental. A lot of this is mental. I mean, it's one of those things like I talk about, you know, I quit smoking and I gained 20 pounds. It was my own fault because I quit smoking yeah. and then I kept telling myself, well, I can have this candy bar because I'm not smoking now. So, I'm, you know, it's, yeah. I got rid of a bad habit, but that doesn't mean I need to pick up another one, you know, and that was my mistake. Yeah. I picked up, you know, another bad habit to replace the one I got rid of, you know, and I yeah. kept telling myself, oh, well, the candy bar isn't as bad as that cigarette. Probably not, but. Now look at where I'm at. I'm now. I'm 20 pounds bigger than I was. So yeah, you know, it, it's all a mental yeah. game, and, and that's exactly what it is. It's convincing yourself that you need to work out, and convincing yourself you need how to do it correctly. You know, I know you're saying today's yoga, and you hate yoga, but yoga is amazing at keeping you from, you know, getting injured. It helps strength, you yeah. know, stretch out your 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 ligaments and your muscles and everything else to help those injuries not happen. I mean, it's. You know, it's like they always say the old saying, work harder or work smarter, not harder. And that it's the same with fitness. Yep, no, that's right. And, and then, too, you know, the one thing I always remember when it comes to yoga and the reason why, you know, even though I don't really enjoy it, the reason why I stay motivated to do it, because I think about, you know, I think his name was Mike, who's led so many of the Spartan workouts. And I yep. think about, you know, he said over and over and over again, if you bend, you do not break, you know. And so the his, his you know, encouragement around yoga was that. 
Yeah. Bottom line, if you don't want to break, you need to be able to bend. And so yoga is a great way to kind of make that happen. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so, so yeah, so that's what I get to do today. Normally I try to do it in the morning, but I, uh, I, I am committed to a certain number of hours of sleep and got to bed late last night, so now my enjoyment will come later today. Right on. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go here. I mean, it's been almost an hour that we've been talking. So yeah, awesome. Um, I mean, it's good to hear from you. I can't wait to see you at a race again. I, I mean, I miss you and and Jason both. I mean, I, I always had so much fun and kind of feel like you guys were my saviors in Montana. So I mean, you guys both hold a special place in my heart. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, feeling mutual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jason's been coming back from an, from an injury, too. He's got a pretty messed up shoulder. Yeah, he's I, been nursing that. I talked to him at uh, the Dirty Dash back in, what, June? I ran into him yeah. there, so, and we were talking about that. I, I hope to see him more, too. I always enjoyed both of you, so. Yeah, well, we'll be, uh, I think he's going to be at the Pineapple Classic with me. Right on. Well, I'm going to have to look into that one, and I think I might have to join it. Yeah, you should. That'd be All right. great. Perfect. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for uh, for doing this with me today. Oh yeah, anytime. We'll have to do it again. There's just so much, so many other things that we can talk about. So, yeah. Yeah. No. Awesome. All right. Thank All right. you. Well, cool. Have a good rest of your day. All right. You too. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast, brought to you by the Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Like us, great. Join us at Facebook or BeastOCR.com, and thank you.